This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. have a packed house tonight we have we have news we've got shows but before we start i want to ask everyone do you have your snacks ready has everyone got their <laughs> snacks within handy distance yeah all right we're ready to go we can survive my name is kevin joseph and i am here with as always will Allred. will how was your week buddy oh hey uh here's a long one i've been looking forward to this it's uh, gonna be some nice time to decompress and talk some comics me too. I had a rough, I had a really rough week. I had to drive down to the Keys and sit there in the sunset and drink a little too much and uh, eat way too much and sit in the pool. So I had a rough week too. I, I know how you was, feel. Mine was not that tough, man. Not that tough. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Kevin. <laughs> hey, you know what? We we all get, what, two days and one night and it get to enjoy it. No, no. Three days and two nights, so I, it was nice. I'll, I'll, I don't get to to go too often, so I'm going to enjoy the heck out of it and brag. But we are not here to talk about my lazy ass week. We are here to talk about cool comics on Kickstarter, and um, I'm going to kind of start it off with everybody doing a 30 second pitch on their uh, crowdfunding comic as if we were at a show. Uh, we get to do this because of Joey Galvez and the Geek Collective allows us to hang out on their stream, so we always appreciate. It. I'm going to go across my screen. CK, can you tell us a little bit about Scott Snyder Presents Tales from the Cloakroom? Sure. Uh, so I'm one of the co-editors on Tales from the Cloakroom. Um, we have one more week to go. Uh, our anthology is a multi-genre anthology, uh, 120 pages, uh, 20 different writers who met in Scott Snyder's uh, writing Substack course. And over 50% of our contributors are uh, from marginalized communities, uh, which we really wanted to um, emphasize. Very nice. All right. So who who is doing it for uh, head cases? Who wants to take take lead on the pitch? If you were at a convention, who would who's the big the big voice? Leslie or uh, AJ? I, I okay. can go for it. I've pretty much uh, distilled it down to uh, head cases is a uh, Pulp Fiction meets uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's a story about two kids who, on a whim, decide to steal a bag. And unfortunately for them, the uh, bag is that of a hitman's, and inside the bag is a decapitated head. So uh, things get started really quickly in the first six pages. That's head cases for you. Nice. Okay, is it going to be Pat or Shand who talks about Cheeky? 
that sounds good. That's the story. That's Thank really you. Cool. Um, Cheeky is uh, four adult stories that overlap in exciting, emotional, and comedic ways. It is a uh, graphic novel about sex that is done like a, uh, it's kind of like Crash, but, but with sex. Nice. Very nice. And uh, finally, we got Richard Rivera, Stabity Bunny. Um, but before we go, there's a little uh, congratulations. Uh, I hear you took a, took on a little responsibility at Scout Comics this this week. Yeah, a little more. Um, I have been the publisher of the Scoot line uh, for about two years now. And uh, I was honored to be tapped by Scout to become co-publisher to work right alongside with Charlie Stickney there. That guy. That guy. Well, congratulations that guy. Comes up every once in a while on this yeah. show. Uh, but uh, congratulations. Thank and, you. Uh, I hope you can uh, herd the cats uh, as, <laughs> as well as you can write a comic book. But we're here to talk about that comic book. So how would you get somebody interested in Stabity Bunny at a convention? Well, well, first, um, this is Scout Comics' first official Kickstarter. Uh, it's featuring Stabity Bunny Volumes 1 and 2. Um, that has been a very, very long time coming, and we uh, really appreciate those people that have been with us from the beginning. <laughs> um, when we first were Kickstarter uh, seven years ago. Um, but Stabity Bunny, if you want to think uh, Supernatural meets Taken, but with three female leads, all ge different generations of one family, a little seven-year-old girl, her mom, and her grandmother. Um, basically, a supernatural force has been terrorizing their family for generations. And as it turns out, the uh, plush bunny that's handed down each, each generation to the next child um, is a more of a talisman or a protector. Um, spoiler alert, Stabity Bunny uh, cannot move and does not stab a thing. <laughs> but you're, but uh, but uh, you will wish that he had. Um, uh, we did do uh, just just to uh, we did spin off into a stabity ever after where he can move. It's an alternate reality to my own stuff because so many people you'd get that look like stabity bunny yeah and then you'd say and it'd be like oh okay but uh, no really it's 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 been fun. Uh, I want to shout out to uh, Dwayne Biddix and Liesel Buenaventura and James Reed who have been with the book the entire time, as well as Wayne Hall. I think a lot of you probably have either Wayne's met or talked best. to Wayne Hall. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Wayne's, Wayne's, Wayne is the king. He's he's the person that I want to be doing these podcasts. Uh, <laughs> not as smart or as uh, personable or friendly or likable. But other than that, I'm, I'm coming for you, Wayne. <laughs> well, he's, you know, he's, he's in this same house. I tried to get him to jump on there, but he... Uh, I think he had an interview thing he had to do himself. So, well, well, you tell him I said hi, and, and I'm going to him. I will. I will. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? We we are. Um, let's go back around the bend because we didn't get to do a preamble for you. So I don't want to throw you to the wolves on this one. Actually, but I did forget. Will Allred, you are still uh, running your campaign for crossover division. So even though you're not going to get a deep dive tonight, you do get to do your 30-second pitch. So people remember that crossover division is a comic they can back. All right. Um, fictional realities are invading uh, our world, and only an English professor and a uh, research librarian can save us from an unhappy ending. Uh, it's uh, a lot of fun playing with some Shakespeare. 
Very nice, very nice. But you're very, uh, very uh, touchy about which uh, play we're playing with. So uh, I can't wait to get this issue and find out if we're if we're in comedies or tragedy land. So I, got, I, I may have bad news for you. <laughs> <laughs> so they don't all get married at the end. I'm guessing. Um, CK, let's start with uh, Tales from the Cloak Room. If you could um, share the screen of your of your campaign, and then you can run us through what you'd like to show us. How did you get into the writing classroom as you're picking that up? Okay, so um, first off, this I'm a horrible multitasker, so can you see it now? I can, uh, you're golden. Uh, so I have like two dogs trying to get my attention, and you all, and the screen share thing, so hopefully I don't uh, mess this up. Uh, so, um, so did you ask how I got involved, is that what you said? Yeah, so this is a like a, a writing thing thing with Scott Snyder. So, how did you hear about it, and and what do you do in this uh, writing class so that we can get people, you know, sure. caught up on the entire entity? Sure. So uh, this whole thing started when uh, you know a bunch of the comics creators kind of migrated over to Substack, and one of the um, things in the press that got my attention was that Scott Snyder was doing an actual writing class. Um, and, you know, that drew my attention in, and then, uh, I'd say last fall, uh, we, um, decided, uh, Joji Schuster, uh, came up with the idea of, hey, what if a bunch of us got together and did, like, an anthology, and then he, uh, realized he might not yet have all the skills needed, so he started to bring on a couple of other people that became editors, Ben O'Grady, um, then announced it to the, the Discord server, so, there's a writing course that that Scott holds monthly. And in addition to that, there's a Discord server that has like a thousand plus people in it. And um, at that time, I was new to Discord because I'm a horrible with technology. And so uh, it, uh, I was able to read like every single thing that was getting posted. And uh, Ben O'Grady made a comment that, hey, we're looking for people who, you know, want to write stories for this collection. And so we set up a separate Discord and I came on as a writer. Um, Arby Lynn Jepson was the third editor brought on. She started as a story consultant, said that that's what she wanted to do, and then realized it was a great opportunity for her to uh, use the other skills that she's developed. Um, she's probably the most knowledgeable of the four co-editors, to be honest, uh, but uh, she's been amazing to this whole thing. We couldn't have done it without her for sure, and uh, in mad respect for her, and I'll bring her up at every chance I get probably because I owe a lot of my skills that I've developed uh, to her. So then I was the, the final co-editor that was that came on, started as a writer and then migrated over into uh, the editing position. And uh, if anybody is on the fence about joining Scott's class, I highly recommend it. It's a good writer's community and you pay $7 a month and get access to the entire backlog of classes, which is a year's worth of classes now. The last class wraps up uh, mid-July, so. Oh, very nice. And so uh, that's how it all came about. And um, several of us, uh, you know, half of the uh, writers in the collection are brand new. They've never had a story published. They've just maybe written prose and been published that way or not published at all. Uh, and the other half are, are uh, emerging creators in the indie community. And, uh, and like I said before, it was really important to us that it, um, no offense to, to everyone here, but we just wanted to make sure it wasn't just a bunch of white straight men. 
So uh, we made sure that our editorial team reflected that and uh, also that our uh, creators, uh, you know, reflected the, the real world. So, right. Um, and then, yeah, so we have some great art. I keep, see, I'm not, I'm a horrible at multitasking. I keep just uh, like scrolling up and down, back and forth. But we have some great art prints. We have, uh, as you can see, um, Rob Jones, who uh, is, you know, a lettering fiend. He created some, he created our trade dress. He also created these various stickers. Uh, the We didn't want to give anybody restrictions on the stories they could tell. We just said, hey, it has to be six pages or fewer. And so what ended up developing is, we thought it would be a good homage to uh, Scott Snyder, uh, whose uh, studio is called Best Jacket Press Studio. And so every uh, story has to deal with a jacket, whether it be the central focus, like it is in my story, or um, which is about um, uh, kind of how, I'm sure we've all experienced it, but how smells of loved ones will stay on pieces of clothing and we kind of hold on to that clothing to hold on to that person. And um, so it could be like that, or it could just be, hey, here's a cosmic horror tale set in the Antarctic. And oh, by the way, they all happen to wear jackets because mm. it's freezing cold. So it can be anywhere from like an Easter egg to the main uh, plot. And so we've got stickers for it. We got a bookmark. There's my doggy bandit who plays into my story. Um, and uh, then we had, we were lucky to grab some uh, really great artists. Sebastian Priest with Rewrite Titans did a print for us that you can see on the screen right now. Yeah, that's gorgeous. Yeah, he, he nailed it. And we wanted to give the same, the, you know, the artists the same freedom. You know, we just went to Sebastian and said, this is the idea. We don't want to pigeonhole ourselves into like a cover. I mean, like a, a piece of art that is too um, genre specific. And uh, so what comes to mind when you think of a jacket? And he came up with this idea and Joe G. Schuster fed off of it with the, um, I guess this is an homage to like an 80s movie whose name is, I'm forgetting, you know, the, oh, is it Say, say Anything? Say anything. Yeah, 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 that's it. And then uh, Skylar Patridge uh, did the main cover. Um, nice. that, is, it, is everybody going to sing the Peter Gabriel song together? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never even seen the movie. I was just like, oh, that's a reference? Okay, cool. Um, I didn't, I didn't know it, uh, it was a movie at all, but, uh, Skylar Patridge, uh, has the main cover, uh, best known for Resonant, but is, uh, now quite famous for, uh, Trial of the Amazons and, um, Artemis Wanted, uh, out at DC. And then Jesse Lonergan did the variant cover, um, which, uh, again, we just went to them and said, what do you think of when you think of a jacket? And Jesse decided he thought of. You know, a sci-fi world in a fish jacket. So <laughs> whatever works for you. Again. Uh, no, it's very clever. I don't know how he got there, but very clever. Yeah, and uh, and he's Eisner nominated. We were really lucky there, and uh, we were lucky with all three of those um, fabulous artists. And we also have a, a really cool reward tier where Scott has decided to sign uh, uh, 50 copies for people who want to buy them. And so that's a, a pretty big steal if you can't afford to get to a con and stuff mm -hmm. like that to, to get him to sign stuff. Um, and yeah, that, that's pretty much it that I can think of offhand. If you visit the page, you can see a short synopsis of each story and, you know, yada, yada, yada. But I feel like I'm rambling, so I'll just <laughs> let y'all ask me stuff. How, how many stories are in there? You said there were six pages, right? Uh, yeah, well, up to six pages. So there's 19 stories now. We had to, to drop one there. So it says 20, and I need to change that. But it's 19 stories, and it's about 116 pages if you count 
like uh, all of the pages that we're going to have to put in to make sure, you know, every story starts on the right hand side and stuff like that. And we did uh, get this out to about, um, you know, a dozen indie creators um, and asked them for pull quotes. So, you know, you might see some of your favorite uh, indie creators on here uh, giving us some praise after reading the the, the um, rough proof. So we've now hit um, our second stretch goal. But honestly, that's just now breaking even, which I'd love to hear more about from y'all about this uh, issue of crowdfunding and how to price your stuff to, you know, make sure you hit funding goals, but also um, make that everything your calls. Yeah. Well, the first thing what you want to do is at least get 303 backers and $12,000. That's always a nice a nice place to be with seven days to go. So you've definitely done something right. Uh, what is the thought on on putting your your uh, your goals? Is it put the the lowest amount you can possibly make the book and 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 then go for huge amounts over, or do you try to make a profit with your goal? What is everybody's thought on that? Ah uh, man, ah. Uh... My goal is never higher or even equal to what the book costs. You know, um, I tend to do, I, I tend to put a number that I know will be funded and will help make the book. So I, I, you know, it's different for everyone, but I always went into this, even at the very beginning with the intention that when I start doing Kickstarter, I'm always going to be doing multiple campaigns. I'm going to make this an integral part of what I do. So my idea was always that one campaign, no matter what it makes, doesn't always have to go toward that one book. It goes toward the overall vision. So I put in the number that I know will fund and that I know will help me continue to do this. Uh, but no, I, I mean, I've had campaigns that have hit around or near the goal and I needed to put in some of my own funds and I've had campaigns that have gone way over so I can then use those funds to sort of spread out and help other campaigns that don't do as well. Richard, it's been, a, it, you, you've taken a break from Kickstarter. Has mm -hmm. your thought process changed from when you did Stabdy Bunny issue number one to this, this uh, big volume? It, yes, it would have to have. I mean, when I, you know, when when we put together the first book and uh, uh, Dwayne and I put out the Kickstarter, um, Dwayne has some experience, but that was my. I mean, I I was not part of any community. I didn't know anything. Um, so basically, we're like um, the very first show we went to was Heroes in uh, 2015, and I just showed up with a book with three covers. But I had I wanted to have more on my table, so I also had like 15 homage posters i had a standee with grace giving you know, child rabbit ears <laughs> i had t-shirts i started with a lot of stuff but um but the, the uh, uh people right next to us color world um he had just gotten uh, he just finished a, a kickstarter and just done incredibly well he's like you got to do kickstarter that's what you got to do and so i'm like okay <laughs> you know i'll try and then um yeah we, we you know we did well the first time the next time we were a little little more savvy incrementally a little more savvy um but since then uh, i've worked with a lot of people who've done very well you know that right now uh, uh i think yesterday david byrne uh launched his his latest uh Jessime, uh part of the spinoff from steak 
Um, Joel Rodriguez also, you know, with, with, with that same team, but also scout. Um, mm-hmm. He's uh, he's got his dust counting carnivals going. Um, Charlie is going to do a white ash. It's lunch is Monday. So be ready. I'm sure you're, I'm sure you got it marked on your calendar already. Um, but, I'm, yeah. I'm trying, I'm going through my couch trying to find quarters to pay for it. Yeah, he, <laughs> he has too many nice, uh, nice uh, many, covers. And too many, too many, yeah. too, too many nice. I mean, his coins, all his swag. Yeah. I mean, so many great things, but, but, uh, but, but yeah, we, um, I tell you what, the, the goal with this Kickstarter is uh, more along the lines of trying to fund a nice print run so that, uh, so that, you know, we've got Simon and Schuster distri- distribution, et cetera. We want to be able to kind of, that was our, our, our goal. Um, mm-hmm. As far as uh, the book, I mean, that's something that uh, as far as the funds that I've put into it, that actually, sadly, has been like over three years. So that very last one, about two and a half years, we had hospitalizations and like I said, in my one little blurb there, and yes, even a volcano, our, our colorist went through a volcano and uh, in the Philippines and we just had a lot, but the team stuck together and we weren't going to go on without everybody. So yeah. we have the same original team. So Leslie, you're doing crowdfunder as opposed to yes. uh, Kickstarter this time. Mm-hmm. Did that change any of your math deciding on your uh, funding goal? It did. Uh, Using crowdfunder lowered the the overall cost a little bit. Uh, the way crowdfunder works, the shipping cost is separate than the overall goal, so it, it lowers it a little bit. It, it definitely is lower than it would have been if we were on Kickstarter. So that definitely helps since we're on a new platform. You know, mm-hmm. using a new platform obviously it's going to be kind of harder to convert people to to something uh, brand new. So it, it definitely helps. I think that the, the overall goal is, is lower than it would have been for sure. That's interesting. We're going to get yeah. into a lot more of that. Oh yeah. Uh, to me, CK, I, I, um, I wish I was brave. I wish I was courageous. I wish I would like, I think I can maybe make this amount. So I'll put that as my goal, but I, I'm, I'm more on the, and I'm not saying Pat Shan's a coward, but I'm saying I'm a coward and I have the same <laughs> answer as Pat Shan. I want my goals to be almost as low as I can possibly make the book. Yeah. And then hopefully make the book nicer as the campaign goes on until eventually I get the book that I always really wanted. You know, we bring up Tyler James all the time, but, yeah. um, that minimum lovable project, that thing where if you get no less than $1 more than it, you'll still love it. Yeah. That's where I start. And then I try to add all the cool little uh, enhancements after the fact. Yeah, yeah, that was um, that was our thought because uh, none of the four editors has ever done a Kickstarter. And um, and with half of the, the writers never, I mean, it, I was shocked because, well, I shouldn't say shocked because I was the same way. Um, I didn't even have a Twitter account until this writing class started because I was like, oh, okay, I have to have actual social media and I can't live like a hermit anymore if I want to (laughs) meet people in the indie world. And so uh, with half of the team, half of the writing uh, writers community being like that in the the, out of the 20 writers, we were like, well, we can't set it too high because we hardly have any social capital. And um, and so, you know. I got on Twitter begrudgingly like uh, in November or October and it was like, okay, let's start building this up. And now I love it. And I'm like, Oh, I get to meet all these indie creators and promote all their projects. And it's so cool. But we were all worried about that too. So we set it low and just ate a bunch of costs up front. And so there I am, I'm the one crunching all the numbers on a daily basis. And there I am just 
praying for us to hit the 12k mark so i'm be like yes i can you know finally afford food again and so uh so thankfully we've crossed the um not being broke uh barrier so that's nice aj can you hand ck a snack from yeah. just on my screen he's up into the left yeah that, that way yeah ck I, I want to ask though what's the editing process been like for you and did you have like previous editing experience so Aubrey Lynn Jepson is the one who who did pop in and, and and say something. I saw her name pop up. I did ask if she wanted to join us tonight. Unfortunately, her fridge crashed on her, so she was unable to. Um, she's the one who came in with the most editorial experience by far. Um, she's actually been trying to break into the uh, the, the comics uh, industry for about 10 years now and has taken a lot of classes. So she had all these skills built up, which is another reason she went from uh, oh, I'm fine with being a story consultant too. Oh no, let's let's just go full on here. And um, she loved the the community, and she was like, "Yeah, let's let's do this." And so she's gotten to use a lot of those skills that she's you know developed over a decade. For me, um, it's my first foray into editing. I kind of was so mesmerized by Aubrey's um, skills that I was just like, "Please take me under your wing, teach me." And uh, she's really helped me out. And it's been nice because we all actually have complementary skills. Like I'm a spreadsheet hound and I will do and crunch numbers and create formulas all day long. And she was like, cool. Yeah, you go do that. And I'm going to like make really beautiful graphic design work. And I'm like, cool. I can't do that. You know, go for it. And uh, it's been really nice. Um, so she's the one who came in with the most experience. I have some editorial uh experience but not in comics so i feel like it's a totally different you know experience um but what we did is back in october everyone's scripts were due we did not have a, a pitch submission which i did i wish in retrospect we would have um a, a pitch submission process but uh what we did was first we went through all the peer reviews so we divided everybody into little groups and they reviewed each other so that they could learn because we did want to embrace that side of of, of this whole point is that Scott Snyder's trying to teach us stuff. Why don't we uh, in turn teach what we can to each other? And, um, and then Aubrey and I did a very intensive um, script review process. I think we spent 120 hours um, uh, total uh, script reviewing, um, which is way more than, you know, anybody should get. But again, we wanted, if you wanted in the collection, we really wanted to try to make it work for you and make it happen. But we had a, to keep that, a, look, that quality up. Yeah. And um, then from there, uh, I, you know, Aubrey taught me how to, when the art would come in, how to check, uh, how to check uh, copy our, our, safe. Aubrey, uh, by the way, has chimed in. All that math makes me so tired. <laughs> so very happy to to hear that you were able to do that for you. And I'm going to interrupt because Blake did mention, yes, Microsoft Excel <laughs> has an extraordinarily large presence on the show for some reason that I still don't understand. But we hey, have got talk about Phil, me and Phil, man. <laughs> yeah, the Phil Falco Award has has been awarded to CK for bringing up Excel sheets. Uh, well, I'm a I'm a Google Sheets person myself. Oh, but, oh, but, oh them's yeah. fighting words. We're gonna have to get you and Phil on and have a and have a, a straight up uh, fight. Spreadsheet off, huh? Yeah, a spreadsheet but, off. Uh, but hey, Blake, a bunch of our creators were just on um, Blake's Buzz this week, and uh, I was sitting there chatting the whole time, drunk. But um, uh, yeah, so uh, so and then from then on, it was just me learning. To be honest, Lizzie, it was like uh, 
let's learn how to do copy check, uh, like make sure in the copy safe area and checking the art for uh, trim check and all that. Uh, researched how to build the Kickstarter uh, myself and what to do there and everything. Um, did all of the research for shipping materials myself and uh, all the spreadsheets and all that myself. And then, um, yeah, Aubrey and I, we've, We've been at it a while, so we're a little tired at this point. I don't know if you can sense it, but I'm kind of delirious. Um, yeah, that last that last that's week. That's crowdfunding you have to, for you. <laughs> yeah, you have to create your own energy in the last week. Uh, a Facebook user says Excel is indispensable. <laughs> that is probably Bill Gates. Uh, he, watches, <laughs> he watches every once Hi, in a while. Hey, um, uh, but, hey, um, quick, quick question for you, AJ. I mean, we've all kind of chimed in about our... Um, you know, crowdfunding, you know, where to set the limits. Have you, is this the first crowdfunder that you've run or have you done some on your, on your own? That's not part of a team. Um, yeah, I've done a Kickstarter. I think it was, uh, I finished it around uh, late April, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it was for a one shot. Uh, it was a double feature horror uh, comic mm -hmm. um, that basically it was already all done. Like the, the artist uh, who's, name is uh, Ethan Louis did an incredible job. So we already had um, this, the comic. We just wanted to also release it and we decided to go and just release it digitally because mm -hmm. um, we're both not from the United States. So like shipping from not from the United States to the United States is a whole different problem. Um, so yeah, so we decided to do it digitally and we wanted to basically just uh, set a goal where I would like the money would go to the artist and uh, get get getting paid because it did really like work really hard on it. Um, so it was just about getting him paid basically for it was our work. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. I um I I'd like Leslie and AJ if y'all could tackle this question at some point, but I might be jumping the gun. Um, I'd love to hear what the experience is like co-writing. Because uh, a couple of people in our little writers community coming out of the anthology, we we made a lot of connections in, um, and uh, a couple of them are starting to co-write, and and I'd love to hear about that experience versus you know solo yeah, writing. Don't, I don't want don't, to jump the gun or anything. No, that's great. Why don't we pivot to head cases with that as um, kind of your lead in? And if one of you could share uh, the page, I will I'll put it up. And I'm going to turn off my camera and I'm going to do something I talked about in the uh, pr the the preamble, but uh, I'm not going to tell anybody in the it, watching what it is in case, you know, you know, it's, it's an experiment. I could catch fire and I don't want I don't want my last moments <laughs> to be shown. Just heard as I screamed. You got it, AJ? Or you want me to um, take it? Yeah, I think so. Got I don't know if, if, I, if I got it correctly. All right. All right. Does this work? That I think will work. Oh, yes. There we go. There yeah. Awesome. Yep. See it. Take this out of the way. Oh, never mind. <laughs> okay. So yeah, um, this is our campaign. Right now we're in 33%, uh, 14 days left. Um, actually, for, for those of you who don't know, Crowdfunder is um, a, like a crowdfunding platform that just uh, launched on the day that we basically launched the, the campaign with them. We were like one of their oh. in-core launch partners that they uh, chose to go with, that we were really lucky to be chosen. Um, and it's about, as 
Leslie said, it's about uh, two teens uh, in New York City that decide to uh, steal a, a, a stranger's bag in, on the subway. And then they realize that they got themselves into way, way too much than what they uh, thought they would when they realized that there is a decapitated head inside and it belonged to a hitman. Um, and then the story really gets wild from there. Um, Leslie, also, if I'm missing anything, feel free to chime in. Um, so yeah, we have, uh, our rewards are basically really straightforward. We have the digital reward for $6 and then we have the physical, uh, we did also have Grim Wilkins, um, of image, uh, fame a little bit, um, did a variant cover for us, a very beautiful cover that again, we, we were stunned to, to see. Um, and for those of you who are familiar with uh, Brooklyn Dreams, um, that cover was inspired by it. And then we also have the digital bundle that's uh, full of uh, PDFs of stuff that we've worked on before. And also some friends chimed in like Doug Wood and uh, Mark Pate. They both like helped us and, and gave us their one shots uh, to use. And then we have the pitch and script review with me and Leslie. Um, and the last one that is only, there's only one spot available is the get drawn into the comic, which um, Paul Sampaio, the, the artist is doing right now. We can't, we can't really talk about any of the things that unfortunately that is, <laughs> uh, is doing, but it's a wonderful artist that I'm like getting drawn by him, I think would be a treat, honestly. Um, and yeah, and if you like crime comics, um, and you like, uh, backing indie comics like ours, then I would totally recommend it. Also here, you can see the, the comp titles. Um, oh, I see Kevin Joseph. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, a quick question for you. You, so the, the two of you co-write this book, so we're going to talk mm -hmm. about that in a second. Yeah. But um, the the rest of your team, um, you know, uh, I think you mentioned the artist, but uh, your letterer and your colorist. Uh, yeah. Um, so the colorist is uh, Warnia Kesadewa. Um, she colored Dryfoot for Mad Cave Studios. Uh, she worked with Lineforge and a lot of other uh, publishers. And the letterer is the wonderful Micah Myris um, that is really like done a lot of great work with other publishers also and yeah it's it's been um we've been really lucky to to get this team together because in the beginning it's always crazy and I, I feel like everyone can relate here it's always crazy to think about especially writers when you just come up with an idea and then you're like um oh, this might be cool to just work on it and see where it goes and then you add another team member which is the artist and then you add the colorist and the letterer and everything just becomes real and you're like it's always crazy to go back to that moment so okay i am gonna break in we have an exclusive it takes two minutes to pledge on crowdfunder two <laughs> oh, <wow. minutes. laughs> 
That is not bad at all. That is with full credit card going through, picking the only thing that I did to make it quicker is I was already on the head cases page. But it took me two minutes to back this campaign. And we saw it on the page there. It yeah. prompted it said Kevin Joseph. That's a good promotional tool right there. I'm yeah. sorry. You said yeah. that. It only takes two minutes. <laughs> full disclosure, I wasn't sure, so I didn't say what I was going to do in case I was back there for 23 minutes. And yeah, I no clue. Go. Yeah, it's, I don't it's know if that's a good idea. <laughs> that was impressive. <laughs> Well, now, well I right. don't know what you guys said during that two minutes, so I apologize <laughs> if I make you uh, double up. But no, all good. So, uh, yeah, um, uh, CK mentioned earlier, kind of interested in the co-writing thing, and mm-hmm. I am too. I mean, I've, I'm particularly, you know, I write on my own, although I have worked with a certain crazy writer, which I really enjoyed. We'll talk about that later. But uh, <laughs> what's, what was it like with you guys working together? Yeah, it was really interesting. I, I feel like this is actually my second co-writing experience, so I, I might be biased in saying this, but I, I feel like every experience is probably different. This one's definitely different than my last experience. Um, so the way me and AJ handled it was that I wrote this first issue, and AJ kind of served as like uh, the peer editor. So uh, once I wrote everything out, AJ kind of went through the lines and uh, made sure you know uh, things were uh, staying on track with our outline, and they kind of fit the, the voice that we were going for. And uh, from there, you know, we would kind of uh, take another path together. But yeah, it was kind of interesting. Obviously, you always have that uh, back and forth pushback, which which we definitely had uh, in uh, deciding what you know elements we wanted to stay in and what we thought was important and integral to the story. Uh, it, it was just a, a lot of back and forth, and just interesting uh, seeing uh, what mattered. And I think we we focus i think especially on that tone was really important that's why the right tone for this and it's it's a it's a dark humor and we really want like a fast-paced story where that doesn't uh get bogged down too much like we really just want to go 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 with the story and i think you you feel that uh in the pages that we uh we came up with how did you guys so much navigate? more organized than us, Kevin. <laughs> How did you navigate when uh, you guys were with, if one person thought you should make a right turn and the other thought it should be a left turn? How did you navigate those moments? Oh, I, I, that's a good question. I, didn't think about it. <laughs> I mean, I, I think really we'd kind of. M- Maybe, I mean, I'm trying to backtrack and remember here, but, but I feel like we either do like a kind of, not necessarily like a pros and cons, but really just kind of weigh things out. Like, oh, like, can you back up what, what you're feeling? You know, this is really what it came down to. Like, can, can you back up? Can you defend like your choices? And, uh, you know, if, if maybe someone maybe had like a little bit less to say and like, hmm, maybe, maybe that one makes a little bit more sense. Or sometimes, you know, I'd start feeling strongly about something in the beginning and all of a sudden by the end of the conversation, AJ would convince me, oh, no, that makes me more sense, dude. Like, let's go with what you're thinking you know so it, it honestly it really depended on, on the scene or situation uh you, you we really had to be fluid and definitely i think that's the most important part of co-writing is not being rigid and honestly with any comic collaboration you know it's like you learn that really quickly as, as someone working in comics is you can't just like i know everything i'm good <laughs> you know <laughs> well, I know Pat, you you work uh, with your wife on a lot of the projects. How do you how do you two navigate it when you're co-writing something? Oh, you know, it's um, I've done a lot of co-writing too with different creators, and every every experience is different. You know, mm-hmm. um, I've done um, in the past with Raven Gregory, where we'll take a script and we'll break down scene by scene how to do mm-hmm. it, 
and who takes which scenes. That's how I did it with Vita Ayala too. Um, but with my wife, uh, it's a lot different. We'll uh, we'll talk out the whole issue and kind of um, come to an understanding just by conversation. And then I will go in and I'll break what we talked about down into a sort of a what happens on each page. And then I'll print that physically, give it to her. She'll physically write dialogue on that. And then I'll take her physical dialogue and I'll uh, build that into a panelized script and then do my half of the dialogue. So that's very unique to us. But, Interesting. Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, uh, you know, I'm Kevin and I have, I think, said this a lot. You know, the more robust and healthy crowdfunding opportunities we have as indie creators, it's better, you know, for the entire, for all of us, right? So, Mm -hmm. uh, you moving over to crowdfunder for this one, I'm I'm curious what your experience has been like because I know Kickstarter brings tremendous amount of potential eyeballs you know because kickstarter Mm -hmm. is kickstarter Mm -hmm. and uh but they're definitely not perfect and you know i'm I'm curious to see what the the crowdfunder experience is like it's been interesting uh there's definitely been some you know swimming upstream because yeah we don't have that built-in audience that, that kickstarter has so we're having to you know inform people about the, uh, the campaign and also have them convert. I mean, luckily we saw what Kevin had, <laughs> luckily, but, but still like, you know, it's, it can be hard to get someone to sign up for something you knew, you know, there's always mm-hmm. a little bit of resistance there. So um, that has been uh, definitely the biggest part of, of our challenge, because usually when people hear the story, like, wow, that sounds cool. But like, you know, to, to just get someone to sign up for something new is tough. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, when people hop on like the, the site itself is, you know, really nicely done and it's simple, I think effective. Um, we were, yeah, just interested in finding like an alternative, like you said, it, it helps when the, the options that we have are, are more robust. So mm-hmm. we want to kind of kick, kick the tires on something different. And, um, Crowdfunder isn't all too different from Kickstarter, but it does have some uh, nice uh, differences uh, that the creators might like. Um, one of them is that you can either run a campaign that's an all or nothing like Kickstarter, or you can do the um, all or nothing method. So that might be nice for like people that are artist writers or something like that. Um, another difference is that um, so obviously um, all uh, crowdfunding platforms have their credit card fees and the platform fees. And so with Crowdfunder, they have like a three-tiered um, thing where basically the first tier, um, you don't pay any platform fee whatsoever. The second tier, you can kind of defer the cost to your backers if they so choose. And the third one is exactly the same as Kickstarter. You just pay that 5% or whatever. So that's another you know difference between them and Kickstarter. Well, let's, then, let's okay, get very what? specific. Okay, so yeah. I did the $10 issue, which is mm-hmm. a very normal crowdfunding comic uh, price for a single issue. $10 is not expensive. It's not cheap. It's very, I, I, I'm very comfortable with 10 mm-hmm. On my own thing, not right. not to get into pricing, but so ten dollars for the book. Mm-hmm. It was five dollars for shipping, and mm-hmm. there was a two dollar fee to the one which I chose. So, okay. am I to read this correctly that ten dollars went into your funding that everybody sees? Mm-hmm. Five dollars is shipping held separately, so you can get me my book. Mm-hmm. And then two dollars goes straight to crowdfunder, and you won't get. You, will you get the full fifteen dollars that I put, or do they get a small percentage of that? 
So uh, that was the pinned on the tier that we did. So we did the uh, the free tier. So I, I guess you were basically uh, contributing or basically donating to Crowdfunder in this instance. So yeah, if we had done that middle tier, then that would have kind of helped. I think it still does bring down our, uh, what do you call it? Our, our platform fees. But uh, okay. I think that second, that middle tier is more directly uh, contrib- contributes to uh, lowering it. Okay. All right. I just, I thought that was interesting when I went through it. So I wanted at least to bring it yeah. up. Well, I mean, it looks really, it looks really clean and, mm-hmm. and, and slick. I mean, just look, and I, I'm assuming we're seeing the creator interface here from AJ, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it does look really cool. Um, definitely uh, something to look at for, for the future. I know yeah. Zoop, is, Zoop is trying very hard to uh, get word out on projects. Uh, is Crowdfunder, do they have anything working for you or is it really you pulling been, the boat upstream? There's been some stuff there. Uh, Jaslyn Stone, uh, who is, you know, just known in uh, comic marketing circles in general, has been uh, pushing stuff. And uh, Crowdfunder has their own uh, marketing team that has been, you know, retweeting stuff and getting some things out there. So they've definitely been helping. Okay, cool. Cool. Well, I mean, it's courageous, and I'm glad you did it. And thank, thank you for coming on and, and telling us Thanks. about yeah. it. Um, Fingers crossed for we're not just courageous, but <laughs> 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 courageous and successful. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it looks good. The uh, the pictures that are next to the uh, tier, mm-hmm. that's a good touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That I feel like they definitely push a lot more of those visual elements. They, I think, there's an option you can do it with or without, but for sure, I think that visual element helps to sell yeah. the product better for sure no yeah i saw yeah. this i saw this comment quite a while back shawnee did say that we've got to censor the cat but yeah, yeah appreciate what, that what i wanted to tell shawnee is this is a not safe for work episode <laughs> of explain yourself there will be no censoring of anything buddy or cheeky because we've got to get into cheeky so Pat, if you could um, share your your page, let's let's look at your newest I venture. I will do that, and I will say too, you won't. I mean, my cat was here for a while. You wouldn't believe what he was trying to do. He um he nurses on his own leg as if it's a teat, and the sound that comes out the whole time. I was like, don't don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> I gotta record that one day. Oh my god, <laughs> weird. Let's see how can I do it? How can I do it? Chrome tab. I think this is it. I I think here we go. Right? I think so. As if by magic. Can you see it? And you see it? Bam. there we go. There you go. Oh, cool. yes. yeah. This is cheeky. Uh, this is a collection of four adult comics that uh, stand alone and tell stories about sex that come together and overlap in exciting ways. I. Co-written by myself and my wife Amy, uh, we did Thirsty, which is uh, a book in the same, you know, the, the same mode with four stories that overlap, and that was funded about a year or and a half ago. And due to port delays, we actually just got the book last month, and we del- delivered it super fast. And in that was an ad for Cheeky, which is. Why I think that this is doing so well. This is my biggest campaign by far. Uh, I'm looking at this number. I am. I still can't believe it. It is much higher than anything that I've done. So that's fun. Um, this right here is an add-on only cover by Lyrics. Uh, Lyrics is a cover artist that I've been noticing doing covers for Dynamite. He is a talented guy. And this is our at, our unlock cover from Stretch Goals. We um 
I think we hit uh, 40 or 30,000 to unlock that. So you can add that on, and that is 30 bucks to the campaign. Uh, but the main cover is down here. This is by Romina Morinelli. Uh, and it's done the same way as our thirsty cover, which you'll see below. Uh, we, we, we have the pitches for the stories here. The, uh, very short on the stories. Um, there is one about a couple that, uh, they get this device where when each person touches it, it, uh, reacts to their touch and makes music. Uh, so they begin to make music together. Uh, there's one about a fanfic writer who meets a girl at a beach and falls in love with her. Uh, there is a story about, funny enough, uh, a cat who witnesses an act <laughs> of, uh, of his owners on their bed. And through that, he imagines a battle between Vikings. So the beat of the battle, we see what's actually going on. Like they, um, uh, the, the, the Viking stands with, with the sword. The couple comes through with a uh, big dildo. Uh, <laughs> and uh, then we have all the stories come together in um, a booty contest that is drawn by Jen St. Ange, who is the artist of Kickstarter hits like Bingo Love. Uh, she did um very different vibe. She, she does Nancy Drew as well. <laughs> um, so here is me holding a Pokeball in uh, Poom Poom shorts. Here, here's my wife wearing Jeffrey Dahmer glasses. Uh, censored with some Jeffrey Dahmer on her own body. Uh, <laughs> so here we have a bit of a, a cheeky, just the, I mean, uh, thirsty. So you can see the vibe. Uh, and thirsty, the stories do stand alone and then in the end come together. But we also have some characters from thirsty that people enjoyed coming over to appear in cheeky as well. Um, we scroll down. This is our variant cover by Jen St. Ange. We're doing um just in general. I, I, I I also do our uh, Destiny New York, uh, Smoke Weed See the Future. She's doing uh, covers for every campaign that I'm doing this year. And this is her cheeky cover. This is, uh, it ties into the butt measuring contest. So you see uh, this gentleman and this lady are uh, competing. Uh, she's clearly going to uh, beat him there. <laughs> uh, yeah, these are our Jensen Ange covers. That, that was for Prison Witch 3. This is for Cheeky, and she's going to contribute four more. And then here we have some interior art. This is also Jen. Uh, Jen, I, I was actually just talking to a friend about how amazing Jen's art is. She has this, this vibe where it's cartoony, but also realistic and dreamy. It's just really, really cool and fun. Um, and she added a lot of herself and her own ideas to, to this interior. She's. It reminds me a little bit of the old Playboy cartoon style. It's n definitely not exactly like it, but, but yeah. reminiscent to me. Yeah, she's awesome. That that's for her um, story about the butt contest. Here is Crescendo Touch by Eliza Di Virgilio. Uh, you can see the music being made here, um, and some censored action going on there. This is not actually a sunflower; it's a rose. Uh, <laughs> here is a Beach Girl by Joe Picar. And actually, um, I will say here before we, we uh, go, go beyond this. Um, this story is expanded due to the stretch goals. Um, we were able to take this from, I believe, an eight-page story, and now it has a sequel that, that we're going to add to the book uh, by Chiara Colasante, where we follow this... Uh, this, this what was that? I get, I get to you guys. Uh, the, I just got really excited about oh, the yeah. extra story. Yeah, we, uh, uh, we follow this character who, who meets her new girlfriend in this story, the the follow up uh, kind of follows their long distance uh, courtship 
there. And here is a story about the Vikings and, and the cat in the actuality uh, called <laughs> The Witness. And then we have a bit on, on Thirsty, which is uh, also available through the campaign. Um, follow me on TikTok. Uh, some uh, screenshots from Thirsty. This is some more Jensen Anjard and just beautiful art from the book. It's it's stories about sex that take the shame out of sex. And also, you know, I think that a major reason that we're seeing so much success is that when readers see a comic about sex, a, a, a lot of them just go, okay, that's enough. We are cool with it just having sex, but with Thirsty and Cheeky, we don't want it to be a setup that leads to sex. We want it to be stories about sex that are as emotional and humorous and dramatic and say as much as any old story, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. We have some some uh, merch here, Connor Hughes of White Ash. There you uh, go. We have uh, goddamn uh, a pin here. This is by Angela Odling. Um, you can only get this, though, if you're certified. This is for the certified Cheeked Up. I personally can't wear this one myself. Because of my uh, backdoor situation, uh, you got no ass at all. No, I, I do not. I have um. If you ever seen a uh, King of the Hill, uh, there's one episode where Hank Hill's ass shows. Yes, it's like Amazing. a small lowercase W. I got <laughs> Hank Hill action going. Uh, th this is our book plate by Jensen Orange as well. She's all over the campaign. We have a bunch of rewards just kind of spelled out here. Uh, we have one tier that has everything. Uh, this does not have the add-on cover though. That is going to be. And uh, only, and then if you are a digital reader, you can get everything that we've done, which is 21 graphic novels for $101, which is wow. huge, huge discount there. Um, some yeah, add-ons. They're graphic novels too. They're not 21 issues. They're 21 graphic novels. Because yeah, Destiny exactly. in New York would have about six to seven issues in a in a season. Yeah, you know they're they are thick volumes yeah uh volume one and yeah volume one is about six issues and then two three and four i just dude i really i went off you know i saw uh interest in the book so i was like you know instead of making money i can just make <laughs> these books actually so fucking long you know uh, <laughs> so i do that you know um, and you played the long game and you you uh broke the 50 mark here so i think that it, might be Mm -hmm. If you've got if you got the patience and the time, it's not for everybody, but it's probably not the worst idea either. It's true. Uh, also, you can get um every physical order gets a Destiny New York uh, trading card game promo card, um, featuring our character Trinity. She is the lead of our series Gangster as Barista, and a small percentage of backers will also get the alternate art version, which features Trinity and Anthony from Destiny New York. And I that yeah that is the entire campaign. You've got some uh, cards that you also do for your appearances only. I, I, I saw you tweeting about your sh you were you're at a show this weekend, right? Yes, I have them right here. Actually, I do um, Destiny Year trading card game promo cards for everything that I do. Uh, this was our Eternal Con promo card. Um, uh, I'm doing San Diego. I haven't revealed it online yet, but it is also by Joe Picard, who who did some cheeky art featuring our character Taylor. She's a San Diegan seer, so that was appropriate for her. And yeah, I have, a, I have a bunch of these here that are going to be coming out soon. Cool. And I'll, I'll, I'll do a full campaign for a set of cards with booster packs and all that fun stuff in the future. But for, for now, sticking to the comics. Um, I have a question. So, how did you find out? Uh, how did you find out about all those artists that you uh, worked with on this? Bro, <laughs> my cat. My, my cat is. <laughs> wild uh how did i find out about the artists uh some of them are artists that i've had a rapport with for a while uh 
the you know i mean we, we have a bunch of artists but i say the main artist just because she did the cover and also has, has a feature story is jensen Ange, and her i met um uh just you know sending emails i was a big fan of the art that i've seen and i you know i'll see artists and i'll i'll, I'll approach them and i remember i uh it, it was prison witch volume one which was i think 20 maybe 18 or 19 and i i hit jen up i was like hey we, we, we have a concept for you that we think could be a cool cover and from then it went from cover to more covers to interior artwork so mm-hmm. that's jen and uh, other artists I've either found by working with them in work for hire situations, like I've done work for different publishers where I've met artists and forged a relationship there that we then carried on over into this. And in other situations, I've I've gotten submissions. You know, there are artists um, that I've gotten hit up by myself on Facebook, or even I'll, I'll do big submission calls and see if people are you know, open for gigs and I'll meet that way. But it's, it's such a mix. Even, um, you know, we mentioned the uh, cards for conventions. Conventions too are a great place to find new voices. I- I'm working with a great artist now who I met at New York comic-con. Uh, she came over to my table and told me that people were not really liking some of her samples. And I looked and I was like, Oh, well they're so dumb. Actually, this is, <laughs> I'll hire you right now. You know? so that, that happens all the time to me though, where I'll, um, she negged herself and got you to date her. <laughs> that is incredible. Uh, yeah, um, and I always, um, Sh- Shannon Lee is the editor of Space Between too. She she's always looking for new artists and always uh, sending me stuff on, on social media, finding great artists. So that, that just endless different ways. Yeah, yeah. I've always found that you know just. You know, approaching someone because that's the way Jen did a cover for Crossover Division. Was like, you know, yeah. I just emailed her and said, "Hey, I think this is cool. You know, would you be interested?" And you know, so many artists, you know, they're people too, and it's just yeah. like, "Hey, you know, if you're interested, great. You know, let's work something out. You know, if not, no big deal. It's you know, schedules, and you know, mm-hmm. maybe it just doesn't work. But uh, yeah. it's it's so much." fun to get to work with so many different artists <laughs> oh yeah it's great and um just one thing on that tip about artists too there's you know our industry tends to sort of um sometimes you know we work so hard on these books that we love and friends of mine and also me personally have um felt kind of sensitive when an artist doesn't get back to you but what what i would say is that sometimes an artist gets hit up at, at all areas and all times by creators. I'd say if you like an artist and you've approached them, I'd say every now and then hit them up. You know, these, they get constant offers, you know? Um, and I've found that sometimes you just have to hit the right timing. And if I could uh, bounce off that too, is because um, we've had to deal with this with a lot of the writers in the anthology who have never had to learn how to approach artists and things like that. And um, I've also found leading with a lot of compliments helps. And then also pointing out like, um, hey, this is an idea I have. Let me pitch it to you and see if you're even interested rather than approaching it from like a, a, hey, I'm going to pay you some money to do this. And I'm the one in charge kind of attitude that it it does seem to be a, um, a 
I think sometimes writer think, writers think they're in complete control, especially if they're new. And that's just, that's not how it is. It's like we were talking about earlier with it all being collaborative. And you've got to approach this person as, hey, would you even be interested in my idea? If so, would you even have the time to do it right now in your schedule? Like you said, it's all about timing sometimes. It's true. And I think a lot of writers need to be a little bit more aware of that. And I think if you're if you're brand new and really trying to start this and you haven't done much, one thing to do is find an artist and ask them if you can help them bring what they want to bring out into the world. Okay. Like, what's a concept that you would want to do? Can I help you? by writing some of it you're probably more likely to get a five-page short from an artist who always wanted to do something in space yeah if, if yeah. you find that out and help them write their story then if you come to somebody and say i've got a western and i want you to write it and here's your five pages uh uh, yeah, that, whenever I uh, whenever I approach an artist, uh, I'm always like, "What are your favorite genres to work in? Or are there any certain things you're you're really interested in drawing right now?" And then mm -hmm. sometimes that'll like make me think of a whole new story for them and things like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now it is already past midnight, and we still have a full project to get to. So, Richard, uh, we're going to get to Stabity Bunny. Uh, do you happen to have your page pulled up? I do. All right. Wow. If you can hit the share button on the bottom. Yeah. And as if by magic. Yes. <laughs> so uh, we are, uh, we're, we're four days in and, oh, we just went up. Look at that. Uh, we're four days in and uh, yeah, it, it's, it's the end of a uh, quite a long journey. I started working on Stabity Bunny, the concepts and, and some of the story uh, work. Uh, which there's a lot. I mean, I, I wrote, uh, never do this. I wrote 36 issues ahead of time, which <laughs> now, which now mostly are re completely rewriting. Cause you know, I mean, that was a long time ago um, and, and things evolve, but um, so we've got our, uh, we talk about, I want to, I want to just kind of, we talk about this being the, uh, the first scout uh, Kickstarter campaign. And then we've got, the, yeah, um, can you um, just make sure you share the page? It's not in the the screen for me to pull up. Oh, okay, all right. I'm in. I I hit share and then it uh, went up, so I thought it was there. Hold on a second. So share, share screen. Mm -hmm. And at the very worst, I will share on mine. Okay, did that do it or not? Are we not there yet? Will, are you seeing it on your side? Um, I don't see it yet. I don't see it down at the bottom. Um, mm, okay. All well, right. Guess what? Technical We're going to do it the old school way. I'm going to share right. it. And now you've got to follow my crazy ramblings as I go down <laughs> the page. But That sounds great. That sounds great. And there we go. Here we are. All right. Guys, we're five dollars away. Somebody put in five dollars. We got to hit well, eight thousand. Somebody must have gone down. Gone down there. Let's uh, re refresh that and see if, if, if so, that something's happened in the meantime. Here. Oh, oh, there we go. There we go. There we go. Because I had it on the page, so it didn't catch. All right. Gotcha. Okay, guys. All we need is nine hundred and twenty dollars to get to nine thousand. Somebody put in nine hundred and twenty dollars. <laughs> Yes. Um, well, you know, we've been really, we've been really thrilled because this is like the scouts first, first one and yeah. the bunny hasn't been around for, for a long time. So to, to fund in our first four hours and, 
and then just keep going has been fantastic. Uh, we're very happy about that. Um, so um, one of the things that we do have that I, I, I want to kind of hit on here with our uh, is we have Pressworks, which are the going to come from the actual comic book, the printing plates used to make the comic book. Cool. And yeah, every one of the pages, of course, will have four, you know, CMYK, she'll have four plates for each one. This is an example of uh, Agent of World, but all the Stabity uh, pages and all of the uh, chapter breaks, which will be the covers, etc. cetera, um, uh, people have a chance to actually pick up one of those. Uh, we've got a, uh, if we want to go freeze there for a moment there, we've got the, uh, actually keep going because we'll hit the metal and we'll, we can see Ralph's uh, cover even better. We've got Ralph Singh. Um, we're almost there. If you get to 95, 95. Got, you're going to get his, there you go, his metal cover. Um, uh, Ralph Singh, uh, Zenerber, and a ton of other things as well. He did the uh, one cut, one extra cover for us. We're doing a commemorative issue of uh, uh, commemorative printing of issue number one. And uh, we're offering that both in uh, regular cover as well as a metal version. And uh, he's just done a really good job. He's a uh, uh, spoiler alert. That's the entity that lives inside the bunny there showing up <laughs> a little bit in the back and uh, Grace and her, her bunny in the front there. But um, we've got that. We've got, um, the, the, of course, the very core thing is the trades themselves. Um, but there you can see kind of an example of the press works. This is a mock-up of what one of the pages really wouldn't kind of look like, but you know, you get the idea. Um, and uh, we've, we've combined those. Basically, we've kind of got a lot of, a lot of options combining. We also have uh, three tiers for retailers because the actual volume won't be out um, in comic stores until April of 2023. And this is a way to get it now in September. Um, so we've got a thing that where uh, retailers that don't want to be left out can buy five, ten, or even a uh, a case of books at a, a really great price. I think it's like two hundred and ten dollars for twenty six copies for a retailer, wow. or or anyone who says I like the retailer tier. Um, <laughs> so we've got that. I always uh, put a disclaimer that you have to be a comic shop, and then I don't worry about checking very hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and and today, you know, with with so many people with their uh, with whatnot or whatever, a lot of people who yeah. who run retail operations who don't necessarily have a brick and mortar mm -hmm. or pay taxes on it or you know whatever. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think all creators that come on explain yourself pay taxes. I mean, we already yeah. had Bill Gates on here tonight. I don't know <laughs> yes. who is watching. Yes, but, but um... absolutely. I mean. Even it, it, yes, I, 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 that's one of my major goals is to pay taxes. But uh, we have <laughs> you a. Know what? So you you don't have to until you make a profit. So that's really that's it true. is really nice to someday pay taxes on this. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you if you go down to the the stretch goals there, we show what we've okay. already unlocked. Yeah. Um, we've got um, we we unlocked a little. Um, uh, five by seven mini poster we've done that I'll sign of, of kind of our, uh, we go down just a little more, we'll see a little more detail to it of, um, remember Craven, uh, the last, last hunt, uh, with the, my, Mike Zek and Bob McLeod, that cover of spider of Spider-Man is black costume coming up out of the grave. Um, and then we've got, we've unlocked one of our show tools and unlock, um, Scout comics is these great title boxes, which mm -hmm. gathers together, um, 
the, all the issues, which in this case is one through 11 at that point, um, but also because we don't have uh, an equal backstock. So they do hologram foil, hologram covers, whatever that only appear in these boxes. Um, I've yet to see one of those boxes without uh, two holofoil covers in it. And sometimes wow. there's some other things as well. Um, Matt, uh, Matt Knowles and Steph Cannon did the Misfits Clubhouse. That's unlocked for mm -hmm. their PDF. That's from, uh, from, from Scoot there. And then the, uh, the next unlock is going to be a variant cover uh, for, uh, this, it's, not, it's not general knowledge yet, but a variant wait, cover. Wait, wait, wait. We always say this is an explain yourself exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is a explain yourself exclusive. Um, this is going to be on our, on our fourth stretch goal to celebrate uh, if we are fortunate enough to get to 10,000. Um, we're going to uh, give everybody who qualifies for physical uh, uh, stretch goals, we're going to give them a, a brand new variant cover edition of another one of our books. So um, it's not even just an unlock. It's a uh, here you go. Thank you so much. It's it's great to reach you know that that benchmark. So we Could will it see be how any that goes. Scout book or uh, no? This is going to be in particular. It's already it's already done. Okay. Um, it is uh it, it's going to be another cover of uh of uh Emmett's story that I that I did. Uh, which is um like issue kind of like calls into issue ten and a half of the bunny, and mm -hmm. it deals with a uh a a, a, a Two, two, two men who have been a couple for over 20 years and it opens up with um, with one of them being uh, assaulted and kind of dealing with that and then Stabity's world where magic is real um, you know just say that you know a deal with the devil can be all too real and um, you know uh, it, it's it's a story that we on all of the characters I have so much uh, background on them and there's so much going on everywhere else when they appear for a moment here every other character is doing something we could do spin-off series on everybody um but this was just something that uh was near and dear to me personally and in fact and it looks just like this um <laughs> and uh and uh yeah we we did that story told from that character's point of view um which which meshes into the overall run of the series because um uh basically uh, it would seem that the the bunny and Grace and, and their family and, and the struggles are running into uh, are running into the the, um, the the seven deadly sins manifested in within people, and uh, uh, Emmett is unfortunate enough to want to take uh, the power that's offered by by taking on wrath. So uh, it's a great story; it stands alone, but. Uh, um, it's going to have an alternate cover that we'll be giving away if we reach that 10,000 mark. Oh, I think you're definitely going to do it. That's great. How, how long do you have left on this one? I know you just launched very recently. Yeah, we just launched. We have, uh, well, now that it's after midnight, 25, uh -huh. 25 days. Okay. All right. Yeah. I think, I think, I think you're going to get that variant if you uh, back it guys. So uh, I mean, let's do it. Did you say you wrote 36 issues like up front? Yes. <laughs> so this just it just is a story you had to get out. Like it was just like I've got to get it out. CK, well, we, CK, we try to be positive. We don't just like whip people for the <laughs> dumbest mistakes they've ever made here. We, we don't just humiliate other writers for doing the dumbest things. No, I like it's, no, it's full on admiration because I was, it, clearly it was a story that was fully formed that you just 
you had or not maybe fully formed, okay. but it just it had to get out of your head. No, I, I was very it nice was coming here. from admiration. That's you're being all. very nice here. Richard, would you advise any other writer to do this? <laughs> Never. Never. Okay. I would. I, I would. I, I would write a, a, a few issues. I would have your outlines. I. I would. I would certainly still now plan thirty six issues, yeah. and I would have them fairly tightly. You know, know what's going on, plot them, and go on. But uh, I would never write it because your writing style will change, your experiences will change, what you bring to the story will change, and it is a lot of work to just not scrap, but extensively rewrite yeah, yeah i was definitely not going to follow in your footsteps today. <laughs> i admire it nonetheless <laughs> i know i know charlie has said that um on uh, that guy charlie stickney has said yeah. oh, gosh, it can be a 20 issue thing or 56 or 70 and we we know with a charlie issue could be 40 pages to 60 pages oh, yeah. so yeah, you know it it doesn't at all hurt to have avenues to keep going i think that's great but the actual nuts and bolts of a script i would definitely uh get that first issue and maybe that first arc and <laughs> and then just be a little looser <laughs> well you know that's so much can happen i mean we talk about outlining you know and and how how you know strict are you on your outlines or things like that but there's there's a lot of magic that happens when you're doing a page, you know, and things will just click. I mean, that's, at least that's what I shoot for. I don't know how often that happens, you know, but when it does happen, I really, really like it. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, I, 36 issues. I am, I am, am I salute you, sir. <laughs> no, it's, it's actually great. It's just not, you know, it, it, it's great to do if that's what you want to do. Um, it's just a lot of work in case you get in and this is a really great story for a couple people. You know, I, I you know, I, I, I don't, I, I don't want to downplay it. I just, I just don't think it's, it's great advice <laughs> to do. That's all. I, we, we, we want to make sure that if somebody's here as a first time creator, mm -hmm. they, they get, because like my dumbass made a 42 issue outline for Tart because 20 was like, well, crossover yeah, we division, do, man. <laughs> do 12 a year will be done in four years. It'll be great. And, you know, we're, you know, not doing 12 issues a year. <laughs> hey, Richard, uh, Richard buddy, you're muted. Mute. You're still on mute, Richard. I was going to say to, to share a little bit more. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, about my psychosis is that uh, <laughs> I see in in even as far back as elementary school they would allow me to write a comic book version and and then I was you know a, a child and I thought I could draw too so I, I would do a comic book or write as a comic book story um, it, along with that and forever running with that um, I would write comic book stories, script treatments, um, et cetera, all the way through middle school, high school, uh, college, et cetera. But I would put them away. And some of them are written on back of pizza boxes or on napkins, you know, notes, et cetera. But I put them in a box and, and put it away. And I never pursued um, creating them or, you know, until, and, and not because I turned uh, 49, but it just was coincidentally, you know, it's like I thought, um, actually, to be 
to be honest with you, you know, um, we spoke of Wayne Hall. Well, Wayne Hall uh, moved in with me and he's super comics guy. You know what I mean? Uh, and he's like, oh, you've got comics. I'm like, yeah, here's here's one of them, et cetera. So I, I chose to try to pursue bringing Stabity Bunny to life and approach Dwayne Biddix, who was so, so nice. And, and like you're talking about approaching artists, I, I, I had approached a few people and it's just like, oh, I'm going to make a comic. And, you know, I, I had no experience, nothing. And it was just like, of course, they're like, yeah, well, thanks. Uh, I've got other things to do here. <laughs> on Dwayne, I kind of, I, I, I stalked him online for a while and I saw it hard and he was a great guy. And you kind of relate to people that way. Mm -hmm. And I, I approached him after I genuinely felt that we had, a, you know, some communication or a connection going on. So um, I sent him the script and um this this when i when i send the script i'm like i'm i'm waiting you know he's gonna go back to me tomorrow he's gonna get back to me tomorrow what's he gonna say and he was just like dude i love it you know let's do this so you know the rest uh is is uh you know history and a a, a vast vast investment but <laughs> but that's great though like you said you didn't do it till you were 49 but you effing done it like like you've done it like you, it doesn't matter when you start mm -hmm. if if you have the right story and the right artist it's always really important like it doesn't matter you can start at 49 you can start at 14 um and either way you're starting and that's awesome well to go along with that story you know scout signed uh Seda wolf or rather her mom because Seda wolf was only 15. Mm -hmm. she's writer artist colorist letterer everythinger and uh i mean now she's 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 very old she's 18. um but uh but yeah we have we have some really young creators and, and Seda had a vision and her mom got right behind her and um yeah they're, they're they're just a wonderful family i'll be in san diego as well and look forward to that Sadie will be there so uh you know stop by the scalp booth say hello End of plug. <laughs> no, 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 no. You can you can plug the scout booth all you want. Um, ask them for the tart trade paperbacks, and tell them if you don't see it that it better be there next year. Here, here's the deal: the paper shortage messed it up. It's not anybody's fault. It's a paper shortage, but give them shit anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, you brought up pizza boxes. Um, I'm kind of curious, just from a writing standpoint, what what do you guys? What do you guys use to write with? I swear to God, I thought you were going to ask him what pizza you like. This <laughs> <laughs> is very important for the writing process. <laughs> I mean, I'm I, I use I still use Microsoft Word. I mean, if once I have it, this first draft done in Word, I convert it to a Google Doc so that you know we can collaborate on it with you know my editor and the the artist and everything. But Word is something that I have used literally forever. So I'm, I'm just curious about what everybody else uses. Same. Microsoft Word. Awesome. Yeah, yeah Bill Gates I, uh... in the chat said purchase Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> of course he would. <laughs> I, uh, I use Word as well because I uh, was looking up various uh, format cheats uh -huh. kind of. And, um, and Aubrey might know this one off the top of her head because I call her Oracle all the time because she knows everything. <laughs> but there's uh, someone who made an, a, a famous like template you can follow where it's super easy to just tab over and it creates new 
like uh, headers for you and everything for a comic book script. And it, it's I'm blanking on it now. I want to say it's Jim Zub, but I don't think it is. And um, so I use Word because I like to use that. And then, yeah, I'll change it to a PDF and uh, to share with people and they can comment on it that way uh, when collaborating. Not not to make Bill mad at me, but I've, I've moved to Google, Google Docs when I was um, Scout uh, introduced me to Andrea to have a second editor. Uh, Kevin, Kevin, yes. you must you must say it correctly. Andrea Lorenzo <laughs> Molinari. <laughs> that is true. Um, but I, what I really, I'm I'm not the grammar guy. That's why they gave me two editors, I think. <laughs> and so I would get like Cassie's things, and I would make her changes, and then I'd get Andrea's things, and sometimes they would disagree on grammar, and I was like. I am so sick of these two people telling me alternate <laughs> editing on grammar. So now we just do Google Docs so that they can at least see what the other one is saying. They're both great on story. I love them both. But on the grammar, I don't know who's right. So I'm going to make them fight. <laughs> so sorry, Bill. Google Docs for me on scripts now. Yeah, I'm a Google Docker also. Just nice. That's just yeah, what I use. It's easy for people to hop on and collab. Or if I just want to share something really easy, if I just want people to to make comments on the margins or to actual take some editing control and, and change stuff around, Google Docs is really versatile. So. It's my go-to. Aubrey, Aubrey says that she believes it's Fred Van Lint that made the uh, script template. Yeah. So. yeah, that's definitely who it was. Yeah, mm -hmm. I knew she would know. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm proud of her for still being up and watching right now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, I was going to ask y'all, because y'all are clearly more experienced um, here than I am, if it's okay for me to throw a question out. Please, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, uh, you know, I'm coming in late as well. I'm, I'm a little over 40 now, and you know, I became disabled at about 24. And so for like 10 to 15 years, like a good six or seven years, I couldn't even get out of bed. And now I'm starting to find functionality again, thanks to medicines and stuff. But so I thought for years, well, just be happy that you get a little side job, Chris, and you're able to make a little you know, extra money. You know, you're disabled, just deal with it. That's your life now. And now I'm like, no, we'll, we'll fuck that. I'm going to like try to pursue. Oh, sorry. So Oh, well, it's after midnight. It's, it's okay. way after midnight. You're um, uh, and so I was like, let's start like pursuing a passion that you wanted to pursue since you were, you know, 14 years old. And uh, so my question to all y'all is I've dipped my toes into the water um, the last uh, since January or so and was lucky to get a couple of anthology um, acceptances, like little scripts, like five, six pages. And then one of those, thankfully, is going to get turned into a graphic novella that's like 30, 40 pages. But I, it sounds like some of y'all are uh, going full steam at like posting issue one on Kickstarter or a crowdfunder or whatever. Um, one, how do you have the balls to like put something that's a uh, serial like that out? And if it if it gets funded, but you're not sure the next one's going to get funded. And then that, does that mean that you put an incomplete story out into the world? Um, like, I'm curious how, if any of that is affected thinking long format versus short format about like, um, I don't know. Does that question even make sense? Like, yeah, I, think, what I, think, on? I think it's a good <laughs> question. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And I would, I would uh, add to your question because this is my first time that I'm doing like a mini series um through like a crowdfunding platform so i'm also curious to, to know your answers honestly 
Well, I would say that if I had any knowledge of the difficulties and time involved in this, I would have not started with a long form series with a 42 issue outline. I would have started with a one shot or a three issue mini that could be expanded later or better, a five page uh, story and anthology. So I would say you're, you're exactly where I wish I would have started. Um, and so there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I, I, I would say that Kickstarter or crowdfunding in general is a wonderful way to find out if you have an idea that, that works for more than just you. And if you do one issue and you get enough to fund it and you do the second issue and you don't, that's a good idea that maybe it's, you, you could double down on it or you could try your other idea and come back to it later. Well, and um, I have to say, I mean, in, in my mind, Kevin and, and Pat and uh, Mike, uh, Miskatonic High, um, they've really been doing the serialization on Kickstarter, which proved to me that they, they did it. They're doing it. I, maybe I can do it too. Yeah. And so I, I hedge my bets a little bit um, so that I do four issue arcs. But the whole series is planned to be 20. So that's just five four issue arcs. And so far, I, I, I've, I've been really lucky in that I've been growing from issue to issue. And, you know, that's, that's extraordinarily gratifying. I think it's because I've picked really great alternate cover artists. Uh, <laughs> but um, it's, uh, you know, part of it is, I think a really healthy book on Kickstarter is around, I think Kevin and I have talked about this, you know, around, if you get 300 backers, that's something that's sustainable. You know, that's something that means that, yes, I've probably made enough money for this issue, maybe a little bit more towards the next issue, and I can keep going. And Kevin jokes, you know, yeah, we're going to do 12 issues a year. I think I've done two in one year and I'm like, oh, how the hell do you do this? You know, I mean, Pat's putting out like what a thousand books a year, man. I mean, <laughs> I, I wish. I wish. <laughs> no, a thousand pages. It's 10 books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I echo all, all of what you guys say, you know, I, I'll add to that. I think that Kickstarter and crowdfunding in general, is the best place to do serialized books. It's so much better and so much more reliable than the direct market for serialization because you're you are in control of the way the audience receives the book a lot more. With the comic shop, I mean, first of all, you have all these publishers who are so scared to do any IP that has more than four issues. You know, if you pitch more than a four issue series to a publisher, you're kind of crazy and. I'm crazy, but it's <laughs> but it, it's not a healthy market for long running series in the direct market. I mean, even mm -hmm. Marvel and DC, even Image, you see once the norm for creator owned books was you know, you'd, you'd have Brian K. Vaughn doing 50 issues of all his books, mm -hmm. and now how often do you see a new 40, 50 issue uh creator owned series cropping up? It's not what we do anymore in the direct market. But in Kickstarter, 
say say you do a number one it does okay so you do number two and it doesn't grow that doesn't mean that the series is done it means that you have to rethink how you market it too and it's <laughs> it's so much more in your hands because in the comic shop what it is is one person leafing through previews and deciding if they want issues one through three before one even comes out on kickstarter and other crowdfunding platforms the people that you're you're selling the book to will already have received and hopefully read the book before number two launches right Mm -hmm. so if you don't grow with a number two, you realize that you didn't really satisfy with number one how you wanted, and you can rethink certain things and you can think how to target new audiences. Um, for example, Prison Witch uh, was a series that we did um, three volumes for, and the first volume did what I would say was well. Uh, the goal was eight, and we hit 16. Really nice. Uh, volume two, the goal was eight, and we hit 12. Now, that to me was not as good. It was a sign that Prison Witch shouldn't be ongoing and that we kind of marketed to the wrong way. Maybe you had the wrong covers. Maybe you had the wrong rewards. So with three, I was like, all right, well, now we'll see how it feels when we say this is the end. This is the final volume. And we did, and they hit 29. So so that showed <laughs> that it, it, it wasn't that people thought Prison Witch wasn't good. It's that I marketed it in a way that wasn't impactful for volume two. And I fixed that with volume three. So mm-hmm. you're in so, so, so much more control. And I think that that power, that sense of empowerment over the, uh, the direction of how your title progresses uh, will, will hopefully give you strength as you go along and see how much power you have. Yeah, absolutely. And delivering on these anthologies that you're, you're working on, now, CK, you have control over the cloakroom. If you, you know, put a book in, you know, like our buddy John Eddingfield is doing one of his fractured fairy tale things. So if you happen to be in that, then it's it's up to John for your your story to get out. But having multiple stories out that people start, I, I that's CK. I, I liked his I liked his story. I liked cloakroom, didn't he? Oh, wait, he's coming out with an issue one. If you've delivered, and when I say deliver, I mean the story and literally the book being delivered. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you've got a good, good launching launching pad there, and yeah, build it, build it issue by issue if you want to. But I would definitely um, steer towards, uh, you know, Prison Witch Volume uh, One, Two, Three, and then you know if they love it, maybe Prison Witch gets arrested again. You know, <laughs> well, it could be. Prison Witch and Friends Volume yes. One. Yes. <laughs> that's true too. You know that, that, that that's a trick that Marvel does. The Image does now. Mm-hmm. They'll rebrand, and that's great. You know, if if for some reason you know Destiny New York has had volumes that have done a bit less than the previous one, and then the, the last one almost doubled the previous one. But say say Volume Six crashes. Volume seven could turn into Destiny New York subtitle this, or even a totally different title. You are a hundred percent in control. Well, and speaking of that, I mean, because I originally started with crossover division, uh, Pablo and I had done an eight-page story, which was going to be our you know publisher pitch. And then this pandemic thing happened, hmm. and distributors First shut down, of it. and publishers shut down, and everybody <laughs> shut down except Kickstarter. 
Oh, it's true. And mm -hmm. I was like, well, you know, it would be, you know, validating in so many ways to, you know, have a publisher be in previews and be in comic shops, but I want to get the story out there. Mm -hmm. So Kickstarter is, was there and it was, it was really kind of, it was not only, you know, that power we have, but it was also just empowering that, you know, I can get this story out there because with the help of, you know, a giant team of artists and <laughs> lots of friends. Right. <laughs> no, it's, a, it's exciting to, to see you starting on this journey, both, you know, AJ and, mm -hmm. and CK. It's exciting to see you on the journey and like, learn from every mistake you can hear. The great thing about indie comics is I don't think very many of us are, um, shy about telling you the dumb shit we've done <laughs> exactly. um oh, yeah. you know and and if you can if you can miss a landmine because we stepped on one I, i'm always i'm always there to stop somebody from uh <laughs> stepping on a landmine if i can possibly help it yeah uh, one thing starting out with a 42 issue outline. <laughs> uh, we're now down to about 26, but that's as, that's as much as I could shrink it when you start out at 42. <laughs> it trust me when the publisher, because what happened is I submitted to an, a horror anthology, like a 10 pager, and they came back and said, hey, we, we want you to turn this into a 40 pager. And at that time I was like, oh no, sweet Lord Jesus. Like I don't, I'm not ready for that. But the more I thought about it and I plot, I started to see the plot and I, they're a really great company. They, they really encourage uh, representation. And so I, I really support their causes and stuff. I can't announce anything yet, of course, because right. it's a contract. Uh, I see a but, puppy. I see a puppy. I have to know the puppy's name. Uh, this, that one's Mindy. And then uh, you probably keep seeing Bandit. He, he paces around that door. And that's why I have to keep turning the camera off because he paws at it and he sticks his head out and then comes right back in. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so I so even a forty page issue scared me. So definitely, I'm not looking at a forty issue arc yet. I'm definitely not ready for that. Well, you know, one of the things that that I, I feel like has helped me a lot is is actually hiring an editor you know, for my work, because I, I suck at editing myself. I know I do, you know, I, oh, Hey, you know, what's on the page. It's what I, what I thought I put there, not what's actually there. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Aubrey is actually the main editor I use and, uh, nice. people were like, how do you keep getting into these anthologies? What am I doing wrong? And I'm like, did you hire an editor? And they're like, no. And I'm like, that's what you're doing wrong. Like, hire an editor. Yeah, I, I found out. Um, so also another project that I'm working on is uh, a graphic novel trilogy with IDW. And the first time working with, with an editor I actually was while doing this. Um, well, I'm still, I'm still working with those editors. And... It was such an incredible journey seeing from the, the first draft of the script until what it got there in the, for, in the final draft where everything changed so much, but all for the better. And it made, made it such a stronger story that I would never even think of a way to even make it even close to that without an editor. So I definitely learned the importance of, of an editor there. And I still do every day. I, I thank them for, for being, uh, being out there, you know? Yep, another set of eyeballs on your work is just great. It it's really, important. really is. 
Yeah. And, and, and to, you know, that what I have a, a male editor and a female editor, it's really nice to have two sets of eyes bringing their own uh, life experiences so that if I trip over myself on, on one thing, they can, you know, kind of catch me and pull me back. And, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I haven't tripped over myself in front of 300 Kickstarter backers, you know, because of an editor <laughs> saying, you might want to relook at that. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's kind of like a couple of people have said, it's, did you, you know what you wanted to be put on the page, so you see it there. Mm -hmm. Do other people see that, you know, <laughs> and, and it makes a big difference for sure. Yeah. You read what is supposed to be there, not what is there. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's insane. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I love what you said, Kevin, about um, it's a good idea to have an editor that maybe doesn't have the same uh, life experiences as you, because, you know, I think that's why Aubrey is such a great fit for me is because, you know, um, she's non-binary, but she's been socialized female and, you know, everybody sees her as a woman. And so she brings on a totally different perspective than I do. And um, like if if uh, and if I was exploring uh, stories that featured people from other communities outside of my own lived experience, I think it's very important for a lot of writers out there to understand you probably want to get someone from um, uh, from that um community as your editor to be like no dude like this is not the way you want to go it's just mm -hmm. you're incapable of seeing it from those eyes yeah and i believe aubrey sending cookies is never <laughs> a bad thing either she had mentioned that earlier I, i'm really glad you gave me a reason to bring that back up yeah no, it's also it's been my experience uh co-writing with leslie like sometimes uh we would uh, have the outline and and then um leslie basically wrote the script and i served as, as the editor sort of and the dialogue and the stuff that he came up with like i would never even even thought of uh those dialogue pieces that i really really liked um so yeah either hire an editor or just go write a comic because <laughs> <laughs> you're really you know, getting yeah. an editor that way yep <laughs> well, we had um we had uh, Joe Mulvey and Rich Duick of uh, Happy Hill, and it just started that Joe was writing and drawing this forward book, and he w called his buddy, uh, you know, Rich, who is an amazing writer, and he said he just gave him so many uh, suggestions that made the story better, better, and better that Joe said, can you please co-write this with me? And I don't want you to be the editor anymore. I want you to write it with me. <laughs> so yeah, that your your editor can can grow and in, into larger things. I listen, man, if 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 I keel over tomorrow, Richard, you're 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 the new publisher. You know you, you tell Cassie and Andrea they gotta write the rest of this damn outline. <laughs> and Absolutely. if they have to write it, 42 issues. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Back up from the 26, huh? Go to hey, 72, man. 72. Hey, man, I'm dead. It's not my problem. <laughs> the 42 issues are what I thought were going to kill me anyway. So if I'm gone. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it looks like we have a, a comment from Joey uh, Galvez down here. There we go. It says, I have a couple of people who offered to look at a story of mine. How would you go about making a decision between which editors to go with? Oh, um, 
who who wants to take this one? I have some ideas, but they're really not formed. Uh, I mean, I mean, oh, go ahead, Pat. Oh yeah, I mean, just very brief. A tip is that if you like a book, there's a chance that the editor is good. You know, <laughs> just uh, <laughs> just maybe look and see which books you like, and look at the editors' names. Uh, go on social media, see if they're so crazy, and if they're not, <laughs> then maybe you can hire them. You know, yeah. or yeah, yeah. There's there's a bunch of different ways, and some of that's going to conventions too, and meeting people and just catching vibes and seeing how people interact with you and seeing if you have a similar idea of stories that could help you that they can help facilitate you while also catch what you're doing that is not going to be good yeah I, I the thought that was going through my head is i would want to in my discussions with them see that they saw what i was what the goal was what what i was going yeah. for um, I had, I, I will keep this, uh, editor's name out, but you know, like sometimes you show some things to people who are way up the, the, uh, thing. And he flipped through the first issue of Tart and he gave me the time that an editor has at a convention yeah. and, uh, he goes, Oh, so it's a hot girl. Okay. I got it. Well, I would never have hired that person because no. <laughs> Tart has a hot girl and it is not, that is not the end all or be all or what we're even trying to do. So I would definitely make sure that the editor sees what the goal is and yeah. is passionate about the goal. I really want my collaborator collaborators to be passionate and want the thing to be great. Um, yeah. I, so look for people who see the goal and want to get you there. Yeah, I would also say, um, I mean, if you know other writers, I would I would ask them uh, what editors they use. I mean, I that's how I uh, found the editor for a graphic novel pitch I did. And I really loved the, the work and the, the feedback that they gave me on their book because I loved uh, a book that they edited that was uh, crowdfunded and now is uh, being put out through a publisher. But I would definitely say, you know, just reach out to any peers that you might have and see who they use, who, who they like mm -hmm. is also uh a way to go about it. Yeah, I saw I, I'm on Nicole D'Andrea's uh, newsletter and she sent one one time. And not only does she write a really, really good book, uh, she edits uh, Sacrifice. She edits, uh, God, like three, three of the books that I really liked over the last year were all edited by the same person, kind of as echoing what Pat said. Um, if I liked all three books she edited, she's probably an editor that uh, shares uh, thoughts that 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 I like. So yeah, like well, I've you know, um, read comics since I was ten, and I didn't start paying attention to editors' names sadly until this last year when I was like, <laughs> oh, a good way to find editors <laughs> is to see if you like the same types of stories. And now it's like, oh my god, I keep seeing that editor's name over and over again. Mm -hmm. um so yeah that's a that's definitely a good way i'm sorry some i interrupted someone oh, that's okay um and you know indie comics we're not a large community we we all there's what one or two degrees of separation between pretty much mm -hmm. the, the indie comics community we know someone who knows someone pretty much so you know just ask around you know and see you know who's i think probably like a Facebook group for comics editors or something, or I know there's Twitter 
and Discord and all those things out there. So uh, it's I've always found that the the best editors don't say change it to this. They say why is this happening? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. yeah. Best ask editors questions ask questions. And not prescribe yep, things. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and I'd also add to you know everyone has different temperaments, mm-hmm. but I think that. The more that you have an editor that is so, so much of it is feeling things out and going through different experiences and seeing what which ones work and which ones don't. I find the thicker skin that you have and the more brutally honest your editor is, the better work you're going to get out of it. Um, my editor on Space Between Titles, uh, Shannon Lee, uh, she goes over both my script and the art that comes in. And I always... Uh, I'm the one that takes her notes and my notes and combines them. I have what I call a softening pass. I'll go through all our notes and I'll make them really nice and concise so the artist can look at them and understand. But I need someone on board who I can send a page that I'm unsure about. And if her reaction is, oh my God, I know that I'm right. The page has to be changed. (laughs) Uh, So that kind of honesty is very, very helpful, I find. No, in honesty and in collaboration is really important and it is a delicate dance to figure out because, you know, all, all of us are artists. Some of us are sensitive artists. Yeah. Some of us are extra sensitive artists. And really very, out, Kevin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and very few of us are paid enough to um, choke down the things that hurt us. You know, like if you if you want to if Mr. Spielberg wants to give me a million dollar check, he can just uh, he can tell me how bad everything I've ever done in my life is. <laughs> I, I'll figure out how to to become less sensitive. So you, you need to find the dance, and and that's yeah. you know that's probably the whiskey coming in. But um, <laughs> that's definitely you know. something I've experienced with the anthology though is um when you're editing twenty four twenty five um, scripts. And um, people will be like, oh, hey, will you please go read this story? And um, I'd love your feedback. And then you give them feedback and you that you spent two hours going through analyzing why this happened with that. And they basically their response is like, how dare you? Like, who do you think you are? And it's like, <laughs> really, dude, like you. So you really just wanted me to stroke your ego? Like what? So it's like um, my story, which I'll, I'll happily share with, with any of you. I, you know, you're also. um creative and experienced and i'd love your your feedback on the six page but it's all about um you know this uh love and loss and how they hold on to this jacket that has the smell of the um of them on it so that they can remember all the good times but also how that pains them because they are forced to relive the, the bad moments too and um i sent it out to the discord to scott's discord the thousand eyes on it which scared me and mm-hmm. um 10 or 12 people were like, oh, it's great. And I'm like, yeah, that's nice. But what what would make it better? Like, that's why I'm giving it to you. What will make it better? And they're like, don't change your thing. And I'm like, no, please, for the love of God, tell me something <laughs> changes. Because otherwise, I just think you're stroking my ego. Like, tell me to fix something. Because I saw AJ nodding his head furiously when they're like uh, extra sensitive souls. And AJ was just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
but well, I'm listen. more of the uh, slash and burn it so to make it better type. And uh, I, so that's I, what draws me to certain editors too. I haven't had a chance to read it, but I have three words and it's the next stretch goal. And it's going to make your, your, your book, the best book ever read. scratch and sniff. <laughs> Genius. How did we think of that? That's personal. <laughs> you got a week. Come on, man. You got six days to, to, to research start. the technology. <laughs> Our well, next you know, stretch goal is $98,000. <laughs> you guys are right. I mean, it's it, it's hard, but really trying to take your ego out of it because your ego is not going to make the story better. And and that's that's why we're there. You know, it, it's going to hurt sometimes, but making the story better is, is the point. And if that's a little pain, mm -hmm. you know, I, I feel like that that's worth it. But it's hard sometimes. <laughs> and if, and if a, a suggestion hurts, put it down for a day yeah. and then oh, come yeah. back to it. Mm -hmm. I, I, if your first reaction is um, to be hurt by it, put it down and let it get, get that distance away because they, the critique is on the page, not on you, but as a, an artist or creator, it's yep. sometimes hard to hear that. And you mm -hmm. know, I've, I've taken advice and really changed with it. And I've gotten suggestions and been like, no, they don't get what we're going for. Right. And I'm not going to take that. That is not right for this book and what our long-term goals are. And I usually explain that to the person. So it's not just, no, <laughs> but, but there's oftentimes where the next day when I reread it, that suggestion sure seems smarter than the second I wrote it. I read it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I got great news, guys. <laughs> we have Facebook spam. Yes. yes. TechSpix Media Transcripting spam. Services here to take your business to the next level, dear. You might like to know how transcription helps you in business. The internet has the power to spread the word for your business all across the world. And it helps the world that your business all across the world and it helps it. I don't even know. Nice. Thank you, spammer. <laughs> You know what, Bill oh, Gates? Look at that bunny! Like, I, I like that bunny, Richard. <laughs> oh, <that's funny. laughs> wait, 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 wait! Because we're doing visuals here. Hold on. Yeah. Is bunny coffee? Oh yeah! Oh, oh, coffee. The merchandising bunny. expert right there. Yeah. My, my next, my next trip over, I'm going to have to meet up with the coffee people and be like, "Hi, I have a bunch of characters with fruit names." Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, we want to try coffee? to. We want to get them to do um, some hot chocolate so that we can have some of the scoot titles or something, yeah. you know, too. Yeah. Well, Tarmux, we just had on last week, uh, Onishi Press, they've got a coffee and then they do have a hot chocolate. And I thought that was brilliant. So yeah. it's, cool. it's a smart way to, to hit two audiences. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what, gentlemen, and our, everybody on our, our list, we could uh, be here all night and I probably would, but I know that. You only signed up for about an hour and we're going on an hour and 50 minutes. So yeah. <laughs> uh, does anybody have a question they wanted to ask before uh, Will and I talk about some of like Tarmux, the campaigns that have already been on the show? I, I, I have a question. I just want to be sure because I did not take a note. I was enjoying myself so much here. What what was you, uh, AJ, etc. you guys are on what what? What is the new platform? Crowdfunder without Crowdfunder. an E. So, yeah. 
I'll I'll put up the banner for you. Okay. Nice. If I can find it. Yes. There it is. Yep. Okay. Cool. Thank you. Uh-huh. And it just took two minutes. <laughs> oh. Two minutes. Two minutes. <laughs> Start your stopwatch. <laughs> it might have been three, but I'm taking. I'm saying two. Two sounds nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much, everybody. We really appreciate it. Uh, you can hang with us as Will and I do this. Kevin, uh, do you want to? Do we want to do one more run through of the elevator pitch before I, we uh, sign off for the night? Absolutely. Will right. you? Uh, you you. You handle the round robin. I'm going to get one more shot for the. All right. So AJ. Yeah, let's do it. Or, or Leslie, who who wants to do the pitch? Leslie, what, do you want to do it or? Sure. Head cases is Pulp Fiction meets Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It is uh, two kids in weight over their head after they steal a bag that has a decapitated head in it. Check it out. It's on. Uh, Crowdfunder, you can find that at headcasescomic.com. Nice. Uh, CK. <laughs> okay, so succinct. Um, so uh, Scott Snyder presents Tales from the Cloakroom uh, on Kickstarter. Uh, we have about seven days left now. Um, and it is a range of genres, um, but mainly horror, sci-fi, and slice of life. From 20 creators, emerging artists, uh, very exciting, and um, so please go back us. Nice. Richard? Uh, Stabity Bunny is Supernatural meets Taken, where a little girl uh, has, has just inherited the, uh, the plush bunny and uh, Supernatural Force that has been hounding her family for generations. It's the final confrontation with that. It's the resolution of the battle, and I must be really tired. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, you know what? You 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 left it all on the field, Richard. I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> and now I think it's time to get a little cheeky with Pat. All right. <laughs> yes, uh, cheeky is uh, four not safe for work comics that overlap in exciting, fun, and humorous ways. We're on Kickstarter now. Tinyurl.com/slash/cheeky. And I have to say, today, rest in peace, Tony Sirico, Polly uh, Walnuts, the man. So uh, I actually got to meet him. Uh, the, I used to serve at K- the Cabanas at Hard Rock down here in Hollywood. And when the Sopranos ended, they hosted like the, the ending. And, you know, uh, most of the cast was down here. And so they were like, hey, you know, like you, you're going to do the Cabanas and Gandolfini's coming down. And Gandolfini didn't come down. <laughs> but Tony did um, about about five of the guys from the show. And he was everything you would want Holly Walnuts to be in real life, but nice, fun, <laughs> and cool. Like he was the exact same but also like an extraordinarily nice guy. I knew him one day. I'm not saying I knew the guy. No, that's great. That's great. But man. he was like, I he was just exactly what I would have hoped meeting Polly Walnuts I would get. That's beautiful. Yeah. So <laughs> thank you for bringing that up. I didn't think about that. And, uh, yeah. 
So, all right, gentle people, you may get the hell out of here and eat and sleep, or you can hang with us as we talk about other campaigns. And go um, off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to do do this for you guys as long as you are live. Um, so we'll get to mess up your campaigns at about uh, 12.54 uh, <laughs> next week. I really appreciate this, everyone. It was a good time. Yes, thank awesome. you so much. Thanks. Great yeah, hanging out with everyone. Thanks, guys. Thank you Thanks. for having us. All right. Okay. Thank you. The next time you have a book, please let us know. We'll get we'll get you on to talk about it. So thank you, Aubrey, for your 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 thoughts in the chat as well. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye, everyone. All right. Good night. Good night. All, right. All right. So it's just you and me, Will. All right. Can we do it? Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, and let's see. Let me reload my current page here. I'm backing so many I found things. one. <laughs> Territory, Kaijus as Gods. Uh, about, uh, I don't remember how many years in the future. Hundreds, thousands. But um, for some reason, the writer thinks that humans have screwed up and destroyed the earth. And uh, could, that could never happen. We would never be bad <laughs> stewards to our planet. And um, luckily, in the future, kaijus exist and basically repopulate the earth and are uh, worshipped as gods. So it's kaijus as gods and kind of uh, a cool fantasy about how the world might be five centuries or so in the future. Uh, how about Project Hype? Oh, sorry, Project Big Hype. Big Hype. How about it? Doug, Doug Wood was on and his idea was to have an anthology for a lot of creators who hadn't done anything yet that could get their projects out. I think it was 385 pages of story, uh, some six pages, some 20. Uh, you just black and white uh, manga-ish, uh, but uh, it's just a, a great way to get a bunch of new stories from new creators and find out find the next uh the next people that we're going to need to have on explain yourself uh tarmux we mentioned it during the show oh yeah Cthulhu co corporate coffee and comic <laughs> i love that they're doing the tarantino thing where like the big kahuna burger gets its own comic book in this like the tarmux <laughs> is in other comics that they do and and this is like how the brand became something so it's really cool but also huge and i should say uh blake with territory territory is doing this as well every single person who backs uh tarmux and territory there's going to be a tree planted to um try to stop destroying the world for the kaiju to uh fix. <laughs> uh let's see we have not let's see that one that one oh by visibility our friends, Cat uh, and Phil, uh, have the Buy Visibility uh, Still Buy Anthology, which is the second volume of it. Which I believe they say it is buyer than ever. Buy. <laughs> uh, but it is uh, in much the same vein as the first one. It's a, a great, a great book and a great look at uh, you know bisexuality as it exists and for you know everyone in the community mm -hmm. 
another friend of the show and us personally, uh, Curiouser, uh, Last Ember Press. This is a um, very cool kind of sequel to Alice in Wonderland. Alice's son is brought back down into Wonderland. Some of the characters are gender bent. It's just a, a great trippy little comic. And uh, I thought that one well, ended last week, didn't it? Hey, well, if you missed it, then that's your problem. You should have been watching last week. I Go don't to the pre-order store. <laughs> so I think maybe, yeah, that has closed. But it was still there. We had done such a good job trying to call these. So. <laughs> I hope you backed it because if you backed it, Crossover Division and Tart, you can get two free prints. So that's I hope right. you backed it. <laughs> Me too. Never mind. Get us back on track, Will. Okay. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, I know why. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Why don't you take this one? Uh, well, you know, there's this this guy who writes this comic called Crossover Division, and um, we are in ending, I think we were about 10 days in. Uh, we just hit our fifth stretch goal, which is adding pages to the book. Uh, we now have every variant cover and the standard cover as pinups in the book, so... No matter what cover you get, you're going to get to see all the all the covers, which I think is pretty cool. And they're gorgeous. And I think we're working right now on potentially selling maybe one of those covers uh, as a reward tier. I'm talking to the artist, and I'm going to keep it very mysterious. Oh, to... the original cover as a possibility. Yeah, Ooh, which is pretty nice. cool. I think. Um, that is but awesome. it's uh, it's go it's doing. It's doing amazing. This is the best launch I've had, and I am. Thanks, Joey. <laughs> um, I am amazed at how well it's doing. It's just been an awesome launch, and uh, I'm still going for 20 more days. So Absolutely. it's a marathon, not a sprint. It is. Um, <laughs> our buddy Travis Gibb, uh, we, we had a, a, an entire show canceled, so we kind of missed a couple projects we really wanted to talk about, one of which was Voodoo Nations, one through three, uh, Travis Gibb and his Orange Cone Productions. They always deliver. They always make the comics that care. Uh, mm -hmm. So if you have a chance to check out Voodoo Nations, that would be awesome. Um, we actually have one in the chat. Next week, we should be talking to Pocus Hocus, which so far, I know nothing about. But we're going to learn a lot about it by next year. And if you want to check out the bit.ly link, it's bit.ly slash hocus hocus four. Uh, we're going to learn a lot more next week, but you don't have to wait that long to check it out. Mm -hmm. We and are also you. probably going to be talking to uh, David Byrne about Jessamy number three. And that comes out of his vampire. That's a prequel to his vampire series, Stake, that uh kicks ass on kickstarter and at comic shops from scout um so uh i'm excited do we have any others uh just a shout out uh miskatonic high uh, yeah uh, it uh successfully funded issue 15. yeah i'm you know i, I we joke a lot but you and you, you guys prove that you can serialize on kickstarter and that that makes me so happy because I can not steal what you do. I can model successful behavior <laughs> and also well, perhaps reach that issue one day. <laughs> I, we, we haven't said what we did. Uh, and we, we, this can't be an explain yourself uh, exclusive just yet. But, but it'll be one of the first places we talk about it. 
Mike and I worked really diligently uh, early on in the TART campaign to create a crossover like neither of us have seen on Kickstarter yet. No. Um, but I do want to say Mike is a MFN beast. <laughs> when it comes out, I, I really will take a lot of credit for being part of the writer's room that created the concept. But the nuts and bolts, Mike, really, uh, he is a tireless beast of a worker. So there is a reason that Miskatonic High has hit 15 and has, is going to keep going. And I, I am just proud of them and in awe of the work that they do. And it's definitely something that is worth checking out. If you missed it, you can go to your local comic shop and just say, I want that Miskatonic High. I think they've got like three issues already printed in your comic shop. So nice. Yeah. Uh, we had uh, Frank uh, Malady, his one shot uh, funded, yep. um, which is curious or funded. Uh, it's no <laughs> longer. Uh, so if anybody tells you to back it, they're wrong. But but they did a great job. Uh, oh, The Dark Side of Purity just finished up yeah. uh, a really amazing book. I'm looking forward to, to seeing and that. And they're looking to even just as a surprise add a third zine possibly. So oh, wow. if you back that, you may actually get more than you uh, you asked, you more than you bargained for. And then uh, we had uh, the, uh, the group from uh, the Golem of Venice Beach yeah. on. Um, I really hope they can make it. They've got some up and coming artists on that. Bill Sienkiewicz, yeah. Mike, my, your brother, Mike Allred. Yeah. Um, <laughs> some guy named Jay Lee. So yeah. <laughs> I, I hope they can, I hope they can, uh, those artists can make something of themselves. I think they have, I think they have promise. I'm going to yeah. say it. I think they have promise. I think they could, yeah, they, they certainly might make some waves. <laughs> All right. I think, did we do it? I think we did. Oh, and thank you, Shawnee. Uh, yes. Thank you. Always. And Joey. Shawnee, Joey, Blake, uh, Aubrey, who I've just met tonight. Mm -hmm. uh, Facebook user, which was obviously Bill Gates. Yeah. Facebook user, which was obviously some media transcription thing. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> huge scammer. I'm going to have to hide that comment when I get off there. I love that... Um, after the show, I'm going to cancel it. During the show, I read it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it felt right. I don't know. You went for it, man. I went for Commit it. Commit to the bit. Commit there, to the bit. There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, everybody who, who popped in, I want to tell you, when the show started, I wasn't feeling the greatest. I feel awesome right now. So uh, you, you, everybody who commented and was part, you, you, you made it. You made it a good night for me. So thank you. Oh, Shawnee, it's always Thanks, fun Shani. whenever you're around. So uh, we we really do appreciate it. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's not lip service. We really like people in the comments bring something to the show that Will and I can't bring. So thank you so much for yep. being part of it. Um, every Friday that you can. And some Fridays you got to do other stuff. We get that. So everybody, good night. And good night, uh if you listen to this on the podcast, when you're done, rate it five stars and then review it. Honestly, you can tell us we suck, but rate it five stars because that's all we care about. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>